Hi, you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio, and welcome to The Recommendation Game. It's a film of the week podcast where we take turns picking a movie the other person hasn't seen. We watch the movie during the week, and then we meet to discuss it. This week is a special episode. Very special. I'm Ricardo Deacon. I'm Orla McNeilis. And welcome to the pod, Eileen Gill. Hello. Hi. The silent partner behind the, the, the whole affair. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for listeners who may not know, Eileen has been really quite heavily involved in the podcast, mostly by having to be quiet for an hour every week in the other room. So uh, finally, finally, she gets to speak. Finally, my voice is heard. <laughs> she has a voice for everyone. <laughs> she speaks. She's been in the room or near the microphones for the last 30 weeks. Quietly making pasta. Uh, This is also an extra, extra special week because uh, it's also Eileen's birthday. So happy birthday, Eileen. And um, how does it feel to be ancient? Uh, It doesn't feel as bad as it must feel for you. Oh, I already know how this episode is going to turn out. It's the battle of the accents, the two people with the Donegal accent and the person without an accent. You're not wrong. Um, So since it's a birthday episode, uh, the rules go out the window and Eileen had the choice. Well, Felipe, it wasn't his fucking birthday. He only gets once a year. (laughs) (laughs) He gets once a year and it wasn't even his birthday. So does that mean on his birthday he just has to sit at home and cry? (laughs) Talk to himself about (laughs) 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 <laughs> actually like or write in his film <laughs> publication yeah. maybe i don't know <laughs> but uh eileen chose the movie uh since she's breaking all the rules as well eileen why did you pick the movie and why did you break all the rules and also what is the movie that we watched <laughs> and discussed <laughs> um that's a lot of questions well the movie is everybody wants some exclamation mark exclamation mark um and i picked it because this is your guys' podcast, and I wanted to do something that was like special for the three of us. And because the first time that we saw this movie, we went together and we saw it, and we all really enjoyed it. That's that's kind of why I wanted to do it, and also because I love it. So, shout out also to uh, the Lighthouse Cinema, which was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are not sponsored by, but anyways, they yeah. got a shout yeah. out. But, you know, yeah. if you if you want to, you know, Lighthouse Cinema, if you wanted to, yeah, you know. You know Throw a couple of free tickets this way. Uh, we could do a live show in one of your many fine. I'd ha- I'd happily sit screens. in the room quietly there too. Yeah, <laughs> in the back row, <laughs> <laughs> making pasta. Uh, yeah, like the the popping in the Born of the Fourth of July episode weren't gunshots. It was the pasta hitting the the pan. This week's film is Everybody Wants Some from 2016, directed by Richard. Link later, <laughs> produced by Megan Ellison, uh, Richard Linklater, and Ginger Sledge, written by Richard Linklater, cinematography by Shane F. Kelly, and edited by Sandra Adair, uh, starring Blake Jenner, Zoe Dutch, Glenn Powell, Tyler Hocklin, Ryan Guzman, and Wyatt Russell. The short synopsis is. In 1980, a group of college baseball players navigate their way through the freedoms and responsibilities of unsupervised adulthood. <laughs> responsibilities. I love unsupervised adulthood. Yeah, well. that's the... I, I, As opposed to supervised adulthood. I disagree with a lot of that. <laughs> unsupervised, maybe. Um, I think that the, the only two words, uh, three words that they got correct is group, college, and baseball. <laughs> Because they don't even, even then, navigate. Even then. Yeah, that's it. It's like, 
it's more like kind of an, an aimless shuffle, I think, through the college experience. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, right off the bat, um, Eileen, what's your experience with Linklater as a director? Um, have you Are you a fan of his films altogether, or was this uh, just a new experience, let's say? Or especially since he mentioned that this is a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused, do you have a history with that movie? Well, the, the first time I saw Dazed and Confused, I was a lot, you know, obviously quite young, but I really liked it. Um, but this, for me, is just, I don't know, I couldn't really relate to Dazed and Confused the first time I saw it, but somehow I, this just brings back so many memories for me, and it's just, it's just another reason why I just really enjoyed the movie. So you watched Dazed and Confused before you went to college? Yeah. Or finished school really because yeah. Days and Confused is about the last days so it of was school. like yeah so it was yeah doesn't really match up with our no it doesn't our... really match up with our experience of the last days of school so. well a small town Texas is Donegal to a TV, <laughs> isn't it no <laughs> did you guys have a like end of uh, year when you're uh, finishing school that you have a prank that you play to the no, school no we didn't you, have no, any fun we didn't have year. anything it was, was awful. We you all felt know, like you know what our technical last day of school was. We had a mass. We had a mass where, and uh, could you have even called it a mass? We went up. A priest lit a candle. Did we have cake? I'm not sure. There was cake. I, I, I have photographs of cake. Well, Is it as good as well, the I don't remember. Cake? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Orla's strawberry cake. I yeah. We we a candle was lit. We didn't even get to light the candle ourselves. The the um, robot come for help. We got a we got the a beacons wee, are lit. We got a wee titty piece of cake and <laughs> and then they send right on your bike on you go. That's that's Bye. it. Like have for, fun at the leaving sir. For us for our last day, they figured out that we had uh, a prank that was gonna undo all the, the other pranks and they let us off uh, way early because so we couldn't organize it. Because at lunchtime, we were meant to get a lot of bike padlocks and there was only one gate coming out of the school. And so every lock everybody in. Uh, lock all the teachers with their cars because only the teachers <laughs> would, would drive in. So like, uh, lock that, the yeah, gate. see that? That's great. We had not a lot frivolity. Like, I think it's all like, even, I suppose we think of Days and Confused. Days and Confused is not even the last day of their high school. It's like the last day before senior year. So it's yeah, not even so like, we, didn't even we had even less of that yeah. at like the end of fourth year, so. yeah. Fourth year? We didn't have transition yeah, they, years. We so didn't we have didn't. transition okay, years. You, so you called just... it fourth year, rebels. Donegal is a complete different animal to the rest of the yes, mainland. Yes, it's called a formal, not a Debs. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, that's what happens when you grow up in the troubles, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a Donegal thing, it's just a crowded college thing, I think. Or no, no that's not it's true. Not, it's a, it's it, might be a, it might be a Donegal thing. So, uh, like, uh, what what do you think then? Since you have an experience of the the movie uh, of the movies of uh, Linklater, and I know yourself, Orla, that we've talked extensively about the before trilogy and yeah. about Boyhood and Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Uh, why do you think of this movie in the context of Linklater's career, really? Um, I think that like this, it's very Linklater. I think sometimes it's kind of hard to put the two together of say like like well I suppose they are kind of like this sort of the sequel of Days and Confused like putting those two movies with something like the before trilogy on its face 
they seem like two very different animals. But really, I think that like a lot of his movies, this is just characters kind of feeling their way philosophically through whatever part of their life they're in. And I think he has a kind of an interesting thing of doing it through different sort of ages and very kind of pivotal times in your life. So he does that within the Before trilogy, taking three very distinct parts of someone's life, lives and then doing it within Dazed and Confused and then the same thing with this. And I kind of want him now to make another one that's like, you know, completely different actors and characters, but in like the 90s, kind of like a, I suppose a... Um, what, fucking jumpsuits and Backstreet Boys? Uh, no, like um, fucking, uh, uh, what's that thing called with Winona Ryder and... Um, well, like a fucking reality bite. Oh, reality yeah, like bites. basically reality bites, Directed only better. Directed by Ben Stiller. <laughs> only better. What? Yeah. Really? It's his directorial debut. I did not Sorry. know that. He's also in the movie. What? Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay. Bombshells after bombshells. And um, Janine Garofalo, which is one of my favorite <laughs> names to say. <laughs> Almost as good as Ginger Sledge. Um, but yeah, so I think that uh, I kind of want him to make a third one. because Even though like I don't like calling this a, like a, sort of a spiritual sequel, even though that's what Linklater himself called it. Because um, I think there are a lot of ties between the movies, but... I, I think he, I think it was a preemptive thing, so people wouldn't say that he made uh, the same yeah, film that, again. That, that's true. Although I, I don't think it's, this not, is the the it's, same. Not, the it's yeah, not the like same. It's not the same. Yeah, but like he sidestepped the accusation that could have been made. Yeah, no, that, that kind that's of thing. fair. I think um, because if you get a snarky critic or whatever, the the fuck that is trying to. This is to, exactly what you would get from, especially for Linklater, because Linklater does get sort of a hard time from certain critics because there are people that do not like him, and he is one of those filmmakers where if you don't get he has a he has a relatively distinct style and if you don't like it you're not he's not going to win you over with you know like with this movie definitely not um i would say though that i prefer this to dazed and confused and i was wondering maybe if it's kind of in the way of the before trilogy of how when i first watched the first one i really related to it because i was like you know i think i was a teenager maybe maybe 20 no i was no i was a teenager and then whenever I watch the, uh, the second one, I really relate to that one now because I'm kind of around that age. And I wonder if maybe sort of down the line when Are I'm in my 30s. To the third? Yeah, yeah, in that yeah. kind of way that like, you know, because it, it manages to sort of capture the stage of someone's life. So I wonder like, because I watched uh, Dazed and Confused, I think with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was probably about yeah. 19 or something. And I like thought, it, I just thought it was class, even though didn't it didn't I didn't really relate to it in the way of thinking that it felt like or uh, my secondary school experience at all but like I think just kind of watching how he captures the whole college thing which I think as well is something that's really hard to do capture that kind of like youthful energy and like almost like aimlessness as well yeah. and like just the tooling around doing fuck all basically that you're able to do when you're in college um but I think as well just before I ramble too much I was thinking last night especially we were watching I was like I just imagine what like the Judd Apatow version of this would have been and I think that maybe the trailer of this might have sold it slightly more like like that you know that this is just this is just fucking like um neighbors or you know like one of his collegey ones well for for one there's a lot less dick jokes that it feels like by Judd Apatow (laughs) Got your joke right here. Um, <laughs> 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 In my pants. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I, I do think it's a weird thing as well, like uh, Link Laker's career, because it seems to that he has like uh, 
double personality that he has his, uh, his ultra stylistic style of like waking life and uh scanner darkly and even yeah which are also like it's like it, it, i think it does the same thing though where it's they seem it seems so different but really there's like a through line or like the bernie movie or yeah. whatever that is like he's very uh what you call it, like... Uh, Jumping through genre, different genres. Yeah, but using a, a similar... I don't know, even a similar style, just being experimental on one side, like, on a visual and filmmaking level, and the other one in the storytelling level. Like, you couldn't say that for whatever flaws that it, there there is to boyhood, um, they're all kind of uh, subsided by the, the choice that he made on how to make the movie so like just seeing the actor yeah, go I over think time ultimately goes, boyhood is successful yeah but it's amazing for well, what it is for me boyhood is uh, better than this movie uh, but everybody yeah yeah it is but and I don't even know that if this movie is better than Dazed and Confused but I think that it has the flaws that I see in this movie are I think that this movie has more flaws than Dazed and Confused but the flaws that it has are way lesser than the flaws of Days and Confused. Like I watched Days and Confused <laughs> <What>? before. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. The, the, for example, your there's no really bad performance in this movie. You don't yeah, have Mitch yeah, yeah. holding the bridge on his nose oh, every two God. seconds. Uh, his oh, hair. God. It's like, yeah. oh, he's the worst. Ugh. Yeah, the thing <laughs> of the thing of working with um, even like what do you call her? Um, uh, Parker Posey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even I don't like her in this. Oh, Mila Jovovich. I and... Yeah. I, I mean, there's not one even vaguely decent female character. I fi- I feel in. Um, yeah, there's more female characters that that's the the other question is gonna uh, have yeah, we'll for get both to of them. <laughs> like, we go right off the bat now. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. We're, we're... All rules out the fucking window. The, one of the 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 biggest gripes of critics that dislike this movie. Uh, and calling back to Days and Confused, they go like, oh, Days and Confused has a lot more female characters than this movie. And what is your um, your take on the portrayal of female characters in this movie? And do you think that if Lincoln Lake is successful or is there any issues in particular? Well, I suppose whenever I watch it, I kind of feel like I don't want to say that the female characters aren't important, but like, cause that would be kind of a shitty thing for me to say, but it's oh. not really about, you know, it's about the guys, you know, and it's like the, the one female character that kind of like, obviously has a proper role, you know, she's not, she's not ideal, but at the same time, I remember you know, I can still relate to her. I still remember being that kind of like, you know, whenever you go to college <laughs> yeah. first and you're you're trying to like to some extent rewrite yourself and yeah, because you, nobody you imagine, knows you. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And not only that, but you're trying to like portray yourself as this like intellectual because now you're college and it's all you know. And it takes you a while to realize that's not really. Somebody comes into like your that. room and you just push out the, yeah. the Freud books. Yeah, or whatever. exactly, exactly. You yeah. know, you're you're sitting there and you want to talk about like you know poetry and you know writing and blah. But what did Robert Frost actually mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that I, was a test. It, it takes you. It takes you a little while to kind of get 
to to realize like no that's that's not really what's gonna happen like that's all part of growing up exactly exactly but at that stage so in a way like I don't think I think she's fine you know I related to that completely because I was 100% like that at her age and yeah what do you think Orla? Um, yeah, I totally agree with you about her character. Like, I, I don't really have any problem with her. Um, and I like that actress as well. Um, she's been in a few things. Um, but I, what I, if I uh, more... her family's German since her name is Dutch or Holland? Okay, great job. Netherlands, thank you. Hey, it, it, Jesus, Orla doesn't give me this kind of review, sorry. <laughs> Only sometimes. This I'm... is a new ball game. Uh. <laughs> I've been hey! sheltered. <laughs> that's a little baseball joke there uh yeah i don't i don't have any problem with them um, with her character and i do like that actress um but I, it's more kind of the other i don't have like a massive problem with this film and i would definitely like what we were saying earlier about days and confused i think days and confused has a bigger problem because there's not one even vaguely interesting character could you name one of the female characters in that no i could no, the one with one. the curly hair um, like <laughs> yeah but she's kind of interesting but at the same time goes off with Matthew McConaughey and is kind of you know it's yeah exactly uh, I like my red hair uh, yeah it's She's not the butt of a joke at the end uh, of the basically yeah. it's not it's not great like whereas in this like we do have hers and like despite the fact that she's ridiculous she's ridiculous within this world and it completely makes sense because they're all spouting this bullshit and it's hilarious because well, she's a theater we, major yeah after like all. we you know we all knew these people we all were these people um this is a slight thing that irked me was kind of the other female characters and how oh like the ones that the uh, the, gr- yeah. the girls that they met at the disco yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i see like I see how it's like they're from, not uh, even they're Friday not even lights well they're not Becky. <laughs> they're not even um they're not even like allowed to be even vaguely interesting they're just they're just there they're, but they're being as study as we are so it's okay yeah but other than that like you never see any of them having even a vague conversation and then like even the whole like okay the whole thing of astrology kind of annoyed me because it's like it's fine that but, it's, it's funny because it's all around finn and it's but it's just she's just put in there to be stupid to undermine Finn's masculinity. That's the only reason she's put in there. Yeah. And she's just there to be like, huh? And it's like, oh, like, what does he say then? He's like, oh, if I had to, <clears throat> if I had to uh, like discount every woman who believed in astrology, I'd still be a virgin. And you're yeah. like, uh, well, it's the 80s in America. I know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's the fact that it's Finn that says that. And Finn, despite being, you know, n- n- no higher level than the rest of them, really, yeah. is still being shown to be slightly the, the more... philosophical. Yeah, he's been more, proven to yeah. be slightly more, like, not more at intelligent. self-aware. Yeah, but yeah. More, more self-aware than the rest of them. So it's like, he, he has a few little lines about kind of like, you know, oh, these, you know, like, going, talking to them on their level and blah, blah, blah. But Yeah, but I think that says more about Finn than it does about... Like, like the female characters, you know, like okay, take yeah. take that aside. That okay, that that wasn't you know she was just kind of put there to be that kind of like Dobie. Oh, I love astrology, you know, whatever. Have but, you had your chart done? Oh my god. Um, but like it says more about Finn because at the end of the day, he is portrayed, you know, and he portrays himself to be this kind of like oh I'm you know I I'm a bit more in the know. I'm I I know how to play the game. I'm a bit more. I, actually, I understand life a bit better than these. I kind actually of rubber read heads, that scene completely different to you guys let me finish my point oh yeah. sorry no no i forgot my point uh this We're, is how uh, you're going no <laughs> welcome to my world um you interrupt me way more than i do yeah no i was saying about it says more about finn because uh, he portrays himself to be kind of up that little bit above it all compared to you know even what he says about McReynolds at the start you know like 
bench warmer, you know? <laughs> Up here, bench warmer. But um, at the end of the day, he's no better than the rest of them. And it says more about, you know, him thinking that he's like that little bit above it. But at the end of the day... He's just one. He's just the exact same. He's just portraying the same. Yeah. He's putting on the same facade as everyone else to get to laid. get to get laid. So talking about his average size dick, <laughs> <laughs> which we were saying last night. Like, if a if guy came up to you and, and said that, I you'd don't be like, care if I'm talking about that it's average size. I'd be don't like, talk about your yeah, dick. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> why are you starting a conversation about your penis? Like, if I wanted to know about your penis, but how about if he popped out like his flip phone? Uh, he has a picture of Richard Nixon. And it's like I have an average size there. Ricardo, we don't want to hear about your dating practices. No, okay. <laughs> no, I don't do that either. The, 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 I've don't opened enough Richard Nixon's for <laughs> me. <laughs> sorry, you're really fucking taking the lid off. I'm Ricardo, sorry, I'm sorry, Ricardo. Um, uh, I, how did you feel about that scene? Well, like uh, I, I, the way that I read that that scene is that she's taking the piss out of everybody because there's like the dominatrix and there's like. So everybody's in character there in that party because there's a Alice in Wonderland th- scene. I don't think that's how that's going to be portrayed. If well, you like, read it that way, maybe, but I don't. I, 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 I read it that it's ambiguous. That is the the that I think the the Flynn Finn's argument is the Finn's argument. Yeah, Michael Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Finn was colluding with Russia. Link Laker. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Getting abused here at the Nordies, uh, but uh, the the I thought that it, it was ambiguous if she was taking the piss out of him to see if he would go along, kind of thing. How far he would go the same way the dominatrix goes with uh, with Roper. No, she the, just go with Roper. No, who no. does she go with? She the, goes with what's his face, the the little guy with the hat. Yeah, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but yeah, no, she no Roper's not even there. Roper, no. No, Roper's not there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all, all their names I confuse kinda, me. Like, yeah, I know. I kinda, uh, they're nice. But well, I, mean I know Roper because he's got the best cheese on campus. But I mean, is that I... cheese on campus. I think that, like, uh, um, Finn wasn't 100% sure he was getting to the bottom if she was taking the piss or not. Uh, he was taking a, kind of taking the piss as well because you see in his performance before when he's actually serious, like when he's... Like in the disco club that you know that he likes disco, and then when they're like in the cowboy club that you can like, he's very good as an actor to portray yeah, that is you really good. Yeah. that you know when he's faking it but going along with it like when he's in the punk club as well and stuff. <laughs> that in this case it was like in between almost like he's measuring where this conversation would go but because Finn that's just nice takes the piss out of the way I think that's a nice way for you to have read it but yeah. that I don't think that that's the way that it was especially like whatever about Finn which I don't really you know, but it's for her like her reaction is not giving me that at all yeah okay. that's what I'm getting especially after it's, not, it's like, not him that's giving me the to be honest he's so magnetic that I, I know was, you wasn't <laughs> paying attention too it's much it's hard to, to look her. away there's some very attractive man in this film oh um, sweet like, Jesus yeah. the other criticism that has been leveled to this movie included by including my brother Felipe the hey Felipe friend of the pod that the movie kind of uh, glorifies the bro culture of sporting America the like jock culture that has evolved obviously in the 80s would have been slightly different than it is now but that a sense of entitlement that has led to rape culture 
in college campuses and that's like it's not only my brother who has mentioned that i'm just no, including I've heard himself that before, in, the, yeah. in the criticism and uh, as especially as female and smart people <laughs> i was wondering what's your take on that since like i know, I know that the movie is not really about female characters that it's not not every movie has to pass no, the I think masculinity is, is the is one of the interesting things about this um the way that i see this movie like okay i, I can kind of see how you would you would think that but at the same time i don't think that if you've done a movie about okay maybe not baseball but if you've done a movie about say guys who are studying whatever history or something like I don't think it would have been any different. You know, I didn't feel... Bros or bros. Yeah, I, well, I didn't feel like that they felt a mass amount of... Okay, I, when it came to, like, the other teams on campus, like, when they were talking about, like, oh, you know, the football team and the whatever other fucking team. <laughs> the team. basketball team. Oh, the basketball team. That <laughs> yeah. was it. I was going to say, like, the hockey team. But <laughs> I don't know. Texas? Um, I, I didn't feel like they necessarily felt superior in like other than like and in their actual ability to be you know to play like their actual game but i didn't think that when it came to pulling women well they they do say uh, on the uh, just on that note that they do say when they're talking about the other teams that girls would be more attractive attracted to the baseball players because they're a good team and not to the football players because they suck. Yeah, but I don't think that just because they were like, oh yeah, you know, like what? What's your girl gonna say? He's a baseball player. That was more to, so I don't know, to validate themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, um, the whole problem there was they were discussing like, oh shit, like what? What am I gonna major in? You know? Uh, yeah. And part of what's kind of funny about this is half of them don't realize that they're not going to be playing baseball for the rest of their lives yeah like half of them are living in this dream world where they think like yeah we're gonna go play pro ball and you know it's gonna be great gonna be drafted yeah exactly that's never gonna happen (laughs) so it's kind of they're not even being realistic about like oh i can play in the minors (laughs) or something yeah like they're they're (laughs) like yeah i'm gonna get drafted straight out of college it's gonna be amazing you know it's more because i think on that's like to settle an underlying anxiety in themselves. I don't think it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. Th- jump yeah. in here, order. I think that the movie is is undermining them as well constantly. Yeah. Like it, every single character at some point is undermined by the film, where they're they were like their ridiculous posturing and their male like male monkey motherfuckerness. Um, <laughs> that was a throwback to alpha yeah, male no, monkey motherfucker. Oh, um, like. I, every single one of them is knocked down by the movie and made to look as ridiculous as they are. I mean, yeah, exactly. I feel they're like not, if this, yeah, like they're not they're, held up on this pedestal. Like no. they're revealed for what they really are, which is kind of losers. Yeah, and but like charming, entertaining yeah. losers. But you, you don't. I feel as well Except that like for if, your my uh, all weird Al Ankovic, Yankovic, Alkovic, Yankovic. Yeah, Weird Al Yankovic look like the the pitcher. He's not exactly uh, yeah. on the level. <laughs> well, he's he's another he's another story. But um, I feel like if this had a very uh a conventional narrative as well, um, like even say if you took these characters but placed them in a very conventional narrative where say the big dramatic thing is this big baseball game, and you know which would have 
probably have been what other filmmakers may have gone down. It would have been a big dramatic thing. And, you know, in the end, you know, maybe they would have won or whatever. And I feel like within that narrative, this would have would not have worked. But it's the fact that the film doesn't have it's not like really dramatically undermining them. It's just in really kind of like, you know, small ways of like, you know, McReynolds yeah. is crap at, at ping pong and throws a strap and yeah. has literally like McReynolds <laughs> is amazing at baseball, but if he loses yeah. at literally anything else, he has a little hissy fit. He's very like good a five year old girl. As did as well. Finn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's very Finn good had with a little axes hissy as well. Oh, <laughs> Let's let's maybe not talk about that scene because this room this room's hot, hot enough. So it's a so it's because we are doing like method podcasting, so we want to feel like we're in Texas, so we're in like a balmy locked room. The three of us I've literally never seen so much sweat in my entire life. I'm so hot, actually. <laughs> no, right I've seen more sweat. I've watched than the modern bonds. Oh my god, Daniel Craig is so sweaty. Oh my god, he's the sweatiest um, man. But like, Ricardo, uh, yeah. How do you how do you interpret the how the masculinity is dealt with and like? Do you feel that it's feeding into that? Because I know exactly how people can read it that from it. Because th- this is a very bro movie, but in probably the most interesting and pleasant way you can make a bro movie, if that makes sense. Well, like I think in, in like most things, it depends on who is the audience member because that's the last sign that the movie gets written. Really, it's uh, what yeah, you bring yeah, into yeah, the of movie. Course. Because if you are a dickhead and you think that you're above everything else and you watch this movie, you won't see the flaws in the characters. You just like go ahead and go like, oh, yeah, they're awesome. Like, I'm awesome. And yeah, you're not going to pick up on the not massively subtleness yeah, of so it. So you're missing the point, really. Yeah. I think that if you're actually reading the movie as it should be read and what Linklater uh, uh, was looking to put across is that like above everything else is about the disparity of uh, a group of men that are just brought together by sports above everything else. Yeah, the weird, the weird friendships that as somebody they that have. Uh, had that until I was like sixteen, no seventeen, it was the last time that I played in a football team. The uh, and since I was like young, like a kid that used to be in football teams, that. You hang around and you become friends and really close because you have to become close teammates to people that you never would hang out with in any walk, other walk of life. You have zero interest, like common interests. Yeah, but you you're know. bound by your uh, yeah. duty to the team. Yeah. I think that's <clears throat> never better displayed in this movie than in two instances. And that the first one is the fight. Yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah. Where they the bar, defend your man. Where they defend your man, but not only that, the even the black guy defending the, your mom for being racist. Like I yeah. know, yeah. But um, as well as that, it's the the scene where that what's that crazy fucking picture called? That absolute looper, like that complete fruit loop. Yeah, the the weird. Yeah, what's Yankovic. his what's his what's his name? Uh, what's he's... his m- malfunction? Yeah. Because he's just—I don't think he's in the—he's uh, not actually in the the main cast. But, well, um, whatever. If you watch it, you'll know immediately who I'm talking N- about. Nez? No, no Nez, Nez is, is the other. Nez is weird in his own yeah, freaky we, we way. We like Nez. We do. We like Nez. I love Nez. Lock <laughs> Nez. He's fine. He's fine. But um, yeah. Whenever he he goes off on one, and McReynolds just puts him completely in his place, and is like, "You're you're selfish asshole. Like you know, it's about the team. It's not about you." Despite the fact that for McReynolds, you know, yeah. he's he's been drafted. He doesn't yeah, need he, these he guys. He doesn't even necessarily need them. He yeah. doesn't need them at all, but he still takes, you know, he makes them go out and play. And 
Okay, this is me begging up my morals about it, because you know. But anyway, we're you big know, fans we're of um, Tyler fans. in this fan. This we're place. huge fans. Well, um, me yeah. for different reasons. Thank you. Too. <laughs> what are your reasons? Yeah. What are your reasons? I just want to grow a mustache. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is an excellent mustache. Oh my god, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, coma. like just the fact that even though they're they're all just bound together, you know, like they wouldn't necessarily be friends at all. If it wasn't for the fact that they're all bound together by this, you know, sport that they have they to really play together. They really hate by. each other, most of them. Like, even the, the, the way that they play knuckles against each other or ping pong. I don't think that's no, about hatred. I don't think that's hatred. It's just competitiveness. Yeah, but at the same time, is that, like, if they weren't in the team... I don't you, think, though, you, as they well. They wouldn't look at each other. Like, if that no, person left the it, team... Yeah. Uh, but stayed in the college they wouldn't hang around together anymore and I don't that's think why that applies th- to everyone though. No, yeah but I that's why I think that like, Jake think... really pops out because when he meets your man they used to play with him in high school and he's now like a guy that looks like he's uh, <laughs> well I don't think that's well, necessarily looks like he's squatting true. in that fucking <laughs> yeah place. no I don't think I don't think you're 100% right there Either not, because not, not for all of them, but like for certainly most of the 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 guys are even yeah, like they're they're a ragtag group of friend like yeah. friends. But at the same time, I think there are, there are solid friendships. Yeah, there are real yeah. friendships in there. At the same time, you know, like yeah. I think that Finn and Jake do you become quite close through yeah, the film. I can picture them being, being friends. friends. Yeah, yeah, like I can picture them being friends, but I can't picture any of the other character. Well, it was the, no, the, the, the slightly uh, fatty guy. That's Roper, Co- isn't no, he? No, Coma. That's coma, coma, yeah. <laughs> when uh, I get all of these names confused. Wake up, Coma. <laughs> when the, we, Wake up, Ricardo. We, the exception of Finn and Coma, I can't imagine any of the other guys when they're like failed, failed insurance salesmen in their <laughs> mid-30s in like some fucking middle of nowhere town in west texas like dylan and, uh, and they that they would ring each other to like meet up uh, they would just see each other in college reunions and they're like oh my life is a failure and their life is a failure no, i, think I can picture like jake and uh and finn, and finn just like like even dropping from the team before the the last year when they realized that they're not good enough you know yeah yeah but no i think friends. i think Again, sorry to bring McReynolds into it, but that is okay. But um, no, there there's a real friendship between him and Roper too. We were talking about yeah, this we were talking about this last night, night yeah. because um, like if you if you sorry, <laughs> that's sexism. That's what it is. Um, uh-huh. obviously I'm being sarcastic. Our, our female only screening. Um, well, it was probably, oh, <laughs> it, was, it was probably for the best, Ricardo. To be honest, did, did, did um, it feel empowering to watch like ten dudes? sweaty dudes it did it did did. but uh anyway what i was saying was there's a real friendship between roper and McReynolds as well because it's it's very subtle and a lot of the time the first time i watched the movie i didn't pick up on it it took me a second watch to kind of see these little they're just like little moments but it's the way that they like McReynolds is such a hothead and roper just seems to like temper him you know he just like brings him down a notch all the time even from the first their first like introduction where you know McReynolds is going on about how he hates pictures and whatever and they're not going to be friends and someone said he Roper goes well what about Nez and he's like I'm I hate Nez and he's like well I love Nez and then he's like well yeah no he's okay I mean like whatever yeah but the scene again during the fight where you know the whole the it, the fight kicks off the whole <laughs> team rushes and Roper and McReynolds are sitting in a corner with some girls and both stand up but Roper turns around 
and tells McGrells to sit down. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because McGrells has already been drafted. So as a kind of a protection. Yeah, it's a yeah. protection to keep him from like fucking that up for himself. He's the, being Matthew Muldeen in The Dark Knight Rises to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Keep this hot head out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. as well. It's as well whenever McGrells loses at the ping pong and he goes and after he's him the with one the, who's yeah. like, got to put out that fucking fire. You know? <laughs> like, thanks, Jake. 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 Like, talking about it makes me want to watch the movie again. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Literally. But that's the thing, is that I have a lot of things that, like, I have, like, minor issues throughout the movie. Like, for one is the pacing. That, like, uh, the, the middle of the movie, kind of, when it's just... Not that it becomes repetitive, because you have, like, the 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 practice and then taking the pace, going, like, oh, uh, that guy... Uh, painting the roof of the house <laughs> yeah. the, the scout or whatever but that the the movie kind of like starts so strong in the that emotional yeah, well it might possibly and, be too long yeah that's yeah. it i don't think it thought. needs to be as long as it is well like i think it needs to be but it's just like the pacing kind of like maybe scenes in the middle that don't amount to much Mm. Like even when uh, when th- there's a lot of but in uh, a way doesn't that make it that a little bit more realistic as to what life in college was like, you know I mean yeah but I yeah think but you this can is like what without, we can yeah do. no yeah without having to be it's like for example the amount of time that is spent on Willoughby, which is a character that I like but in the consequence like he's fairly inconsequential to the movie yeah I think it's- they spend a bit too much time yeah with him I, I can agree with smoking yeah. weed and like especially because that character has been listen to a weird edit of Fearless by Pink Floyd but if you listen to the, <laughs> to the actual recording that bit of like the 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 tempo that rises there in that song yeah it goes on for like 10 seconds and then this scene it goes on for like fucking 10 minutes or something made me feel stoned without smoking oh my god oh, yeah yes. yeah totally Christ. we were watching that last night just watching him inhale the entire i could bud. feel myself melting oh, into god. the sofa as he inhaled it i was like i think let me rephrase that it makes me imagine obviously no one in this incredibly warm room has ever been stoned <laughs> disclaimer like dazed and confused has so many iconic moments uh, including the opening shot that every time that I listen to uh, that Aerosmith song, the only thing that I imagine is a car turning slowly into a parking a lot. Pick out who's the worst singer. But like even like Matthew McConaughey and Ben Affleck, who's amazing, and they and fucking Nikki Kath who was also in Boston Lego that's uh, what I remember him from <laughs> no do not remember that but uh, my question is uh, do you think that since like it's a movie that even like like welcomes comparison to that it matches the amount of iconic moments that the ori- not the original the Dazed and Confused had it does but i don't have a problem with that at the same time i think there are i mean this film has a guy cutting a ball in half with an axe oh, like that's pretty iconic if you ask me <laughs> in slow motion yeah li- literally jesus god um it's... i it's like i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because i think like 
the whole Matthew McConaughey thing has been so done to death now. Like, even just by himself. Yeah, definitely. That it's, you know, I, I couldn't watch that movie now because I'm just like, oh, there's Matthew. You know what I mean? It's it's become almost even like... Even talking about it is yeah, tiresome. Like, you know even why? just discussing because it now, I'm like, time oh. is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, Nietzsche? Um... Yeah, I like I'm I kind of like that this this film is a bit more it's it's kind of all sort of a a, a calm meander yeah. rather than sort of points between kind of iconic moments or whatever. Not that like I'm being very down on Days and Confused and I don't mean to be because I really like Days and Confused, but uh, I just this film has a much more kind of like consistent feeling for me then. almost uh, like this movie focuses on the whole while Days Don't Confuse focuses on the moments yeah well, like, kind of yeah I, I come away from this feeling energized like yeah. I come I come away from watching this movie and I'm pumped up and I'm ready to go out and I do remember something. when we watched it the, um, yeah the, like we were hopping like we were we couldn't wait to get out and like we were happy, we were excited, we were talking about it. There was a real energy between the three of us. And, like, not to talk down about Days and Confused, because I also Which really... We are. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry, Days <laughs> and Confused. But, uh, <laughs> but when I watch Days and Confused, I don't come away with that feeling. Yeah, and I don't think I did when I originally watched it. Yeah, yeah, I... You just come out dazed and confused. Hey. Um, yeah, but even, like, when we watched it last night... I had that feeling because I was like dead when yeah. I was. I was so tired. And then after we watched it, I was like, yeah, I'm like pumped to go to bed. <laughs> I'm, <just> like, <laughs> I'm gonna get some real sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like dancing in the kitchen. I was yeah. prepping my lunch, just like, this film is great. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I think it's a very hard thing to. This is a long film, and realistically, nothing much happens. And to be able to like capture and that hold energy, your attention as yeah, well, and like to, to like leave you with that feeling afterwards, I think is really impressive. And I think it's one of the strengths of the film. Yeah, like uh, I I agree with that. Uh, I also think that I when we went out drinking, I was like because of the most of the feeling that you feel throughout the movie, I was like yeah, pumping, and then like. After the second point, when we went to the workman's... Uh, <laughs> our I, age started showing. Uh, not, not, not only that our age started showing, it's that the ending of the movie started hitting me that I hadn't realized how melancholic the yeah, ending of the movie is. Because like, uh, the, the first thing... that That's why I like this more than uh, Days and Confused, more than anything else. Because it's the, the thesis of the movie, let's say. Is that when you're young in Days and Confused, when they leave, they still have the hope and dreams or whatever. At the end of this movie, is the. The reality. It's so right. Yeah, and yeah. it's all right. It's like, well, we spent four days with these characters in the, the beginning of college for two of them, they're freshmen. Yeah. And. Uh, um, Dude, it's the freshman four. And they end up in the. <laughs> and the, the, what the teacher says, the, the, fir- the line that he says when he writes down. Before they fall asleep. Oh, yeah. Tears are where you find them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's also just like the energy of going to college. Like, they never look hungover. And I was like, when we were watching the first time. they're still drunk. Yeah, well, I wasn't hungover whenever I was fucking 18. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That when well, they never like, stop drinking either. Yeah, like, yeah to be fair. True, it's like true. if you go to a festival and you don't stop drinking. And they don't stop there. driving either. Hey! Good hey. yeah. old America. <laughs> no, do you know what the saddest <laughs> thing about this whole movie is? Like, the really sad part is Willoughby. He's yeah. really like yeah. that's really fucking. Yeah, he just wanted to play ball. He just wanted and to listen and, to Pink Floyd and just keep living the college weed. experience. And okay, it begs the question: How the fuck is he supporting himself financially? But that is true. 
you know, like, well, like well he's been for, forging his records, I guess. Yeah, so. if you're in the college as well, it'd be college scholarship. If you're in the, yeah. like, he may have had, like, he may have had, like, may have had like, an original scholarship, like, 10 years before. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. But he's somehow... And it is the eighties. He probably has like Gordon Gecko doing like the fucking. Well, I thought he's probably <laughs> just you know, selling weed, but you know that was my guess. But anyway, yeah, that does make more sense. He, he's Gordon Gecko. He's the eighties. That's what I revert to <laughs> when it's the eighties. Sorry, he's, he's the, the saddest. He's the saddest thing about this whole movie because oh, his little his little hand. He always yeah, the handshake to the coach. You know, it's just <clears throat> like you can kind of in a way you can kind of understand that. I can kind of understand that because like. In a way, I look back now and I'm like, oh, God, I'd love to go back to that. You know, just doing whatever you wanted and, like, yeah. not really no worrying. expecting anything yeah, of you Yeah, and well. not, not really worrying too much about showing up for class or anything like that. And, you know, just kind of But imagine about doing that your, and being 30, though. Your, yeah, and, I know, but all your <laughs> yeah, days were free. Yeah, and okay. now that now that you're, like, out there in the working world and stuff and you kind of look back and you're like, oh, God, why do you have to get up and go to work tomorrow? I'm but just happy that in the movie they never show him going out with the lads on the nights out picking up women. Yeah, he's yeah. there, but he doesn't... Yeah, but yeah. he's... Yeah. It's like he's not really there for that. He's yeah, more he's there. just in the gaff smoking weed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he just wants to play ball. No, because like, it'd be kind of creepy if he's like, oh, I'm a freshman. <laughs> and like, well, yeah. He's 30 yeah. years it's, old. It's like, well, he wasn't coming in as a freshman, though. He was a senior transfer, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, to like, shore uh, up the, the, the pitching staff. Yes. Much I like love our... baseball fucking terminology. <laughs> so. this, this film makes you want to play baseball. Like, this, more than any no, baseball I'm sorry, movie. Do you know what makes me want to, like, watch baseball and get really into baseball? Camborne's baseball. The, <laughs> certainly not. Those little, uh... <laughs> Those little outfits that they're wearing. I know. Oh my god. No baseball players look like those no, guys, though. No, no baseball players. It's like, look the, like that. the joke is like, well, why do the Yankees always win? Because they can't stop staring at the stripes. Yes, <laughs> the pinstripes. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. But like, <clears throat> before I forget, the most important moment in this movie is when. Carl Sagan Cosmos gets a reference. Uh, There's also a picture of Carl Sagan beside Willoughby throughout the entire yeah. stone sequence. Yeah, like uh, my hero, Carl Sagan, who, again, another Rolls background uh, to hear is that uh, when I crash in Orla and Eileen's gaff <laughs> in, the, in the sofa just about 15 meters away from where we're recording, I cannot we sleep not without the dulcet, stones, uh, the dulcet tones of... Carl Sagan puts me to sleep, and I read the the, the book as well, <laughs> which is based on every episode. So when he's like chapter four, is particularly good, and I was like, he knows his shit. Chapter four, is, it is particularly good, considering like uh, the, the amount of time that we spoke about like nostalgia and thing of like going back to college as well. Particularly that Eileen, uh, you didn't go to college with me and Orla, and we so we have a different kind of experience, experience of college, but having this like the very start of college being seen on screen and you're like oh pet as you described him <laughs> uh, you don't know that, um what would you do differently to your own college life with the perception that, that this movie gives you because it, it, not that the movie tells you thing something but it kind of uh, invites retrospection to your own time in first year in college well in a way, whenever I think back about things like that, I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing because if I did, I might not be where I am now. But also, if I look back, I think 
Mm, probably could have drank a bit less. Probably shouldn't have dated that guy. Pro- you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of little like small things that I'd probably change. Yeah, you know, probably. You but know, then there's the domino effect. Uh, yeah, where, yeah. Would we be in this room? Probably not. Exactly. So. It's all led to this moment. Yeah, guys. I mean, like, are there things where you look back and you cringe and you go, oh, Jesus, but, like, there's... Well, there's, that's basically 99% of my life. Yeah, there's things I did last week where I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Christ. But uh, Don't you wake up sometimes in the middle of the evening and just remember something that you did three years ago? You're like, I'm an idiot. Frequently. Often, often. when I'm attempting to go to sleep and my brain's that's like... That's usually whenever my brain goes, oh, do you remember that time yes. nine years ago when you did this? Yeah. I love it how we're being coy about the actual details of those conversations. Well, no. My parents listen to this. Um, uh, <laughs> hi, my Hi. hi. Uh, how are you, Arla? Um, <laughs> Jesus. I'd like, I just think, like, you know, drink less. Well, I know that I wouldn't be able to do that if I went yeah, back. Yeah, like if I went but back. But at the same time, do... study, not even study more, just like go to college more. And like, you know, all of that free time that you have to, and access to equipment and time to do nothing, probably make more things, Compl- complain less, make more things. Um, you know, but I oh, fuck it. <laughs> Ricardo, any I'm... regrets? Uh, I'd hope less. Jesus, uh, that's so dark. Ricardo, fucking no. hell! This was the this happy, was the happy nice. No, but that's oh, what I mean. You had cake earlier. It was the best it cake was a really since nice the Brazil cake. won the World Cup. That's the, the only reason that I'm fucking still smiling at this moment. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I mean that like in a good way. It's because it's an unrealistic hoping that they have. Well, there's no such thing as fake hope. Uh, yeah, that's not bad thing no though. but it is a f- bad fucking state would you have been when you came out of college if you didn't have the hope no 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 it's that it was an unhealthy level of hope let's say i'm not saying of not having hope whatsoever my point is that if, they, if they didn't know for a hundred percent that they were going to be professional baseball players when they fail to do that the rest of their lives are gonna like derail for a, yeah, a couple but of years you have to remember that the guy who said that hadn't even started college yet he was the freshman like yeah but that's yeah. yeah but he's gonna get to the stage the same way that i did you dream that it's like oh when you finish college you're gonna make a movie that is gonna change the fucking world and you're gonna well, who's to say you're not gonna do that no you're but not like dead I mean, yet while in college that like when you finish yeah, college you're yeah, just okay, gonna roll okay, in okay. and then there's like an uh, adjustment period but like with any job like if you do architect it's not that you just walk unless you're like fucking uh, like Lloyd what was it Frank Lloyd Wright or whatever that you're <laughs> just a genius the guy that your man from Grand is like Kevin McLeod I think it is right yeah yeah, yeah. what well, double reference we referenced in Woo! the last episode Kevin uh, McLeod now friend of the pod well on that favorite thing, thank you well like it, it wasn't as dark as Patterson just be happy Nothing that you weren't will ever be as dark as fucking Patterson Jesus um so happy movies made me sad or on on that note uh Eileen what was your favorite thing about this movie uh my favorite thing about this movie has to be McReynolds in a in that in that cutoff oh, top the shorts. Like, oh sweet oh the Jesus. shorts like I mean the man that swinging that axe he's just 
I do miss the 80s. <laughs> Even well, though I only should, lived for three months. He should, he should come with a warning. That's all I'm saying. He should. Good lord. <laughs> Parental guidance. like. Or what was your favorite thing about the movie? Um, Just every time I watch it, it gives me the same feeling. And it's the same feeling that we got whenever we walked out of the cinema. And... You know, even though I had good high expectations going into it, I never thought that it would deliver as much as it did. And walking out of it, just that feeling, and I get it every time I watch it. And it's just, it's something very special, I think, this film. And it always makes me smile. <laughs> My favorite thing is Jake. Like, oh, um, nice. Jake, actually. Jake's been yeah. kind of neglected in yeah. this yeah. podcast. Sorry, Jake. He's by because he roots this film, yeah. In the reality, but even the way that he goes on about like pursuing his uh, relationship with uh, Beverly, how like when he yeah. rings that he's like confident but awkward and like yeah, normal. Yeah, he's just and, the right amount. Yeah, yeah, and even when they're on the lake in the morning and they're talking about like. Oh, uh, what did you pitch? No, what did you pitch? Uh, what did you write? <laughs> yeah, uh, what did you write for your acceptance essay or whatever? And she's surprised by him, and it's kind of like a nice double thing that, like, usually guys underestimate girls in movies, and in this case, she was underestimating him. Yeah. Uh, Aren't guys on the baseball team usually... Uh... No, usually, like, she has a right to fucking underestimate him. <laughs> but, like... Uh... I like that line he has, though, where he's like, uh, there's a, the same ratio of intelligence that you find every anywhere in life. And I think that's kind of interesting. Well, like, I think that it's not about intelligence. It's about, like, actual uh, uh, general intelligence. It's more about emotional intelligence. Yeah, because yeah. if you're compete, your entire life is competition, it kind of changes your psyche. And this movie actually gets that across as well. Even how Jake stands outside of that. And that's why yeah, his relationship yeah. with Finn is so good. Because they're both outsiders that accept themselves as kind of insiders. And they really uh, resonated with and me. They're not, because they I'm, don't act above yeah. the other guys either. That, which is nice. Uh, what's your least favorite thing? Um, I feel that there may be just one or two many philosophizing kind of moments in this just like there's a little bit too much self-awareness sometimes like there's one or like kind of say like there's there's a few of them that i like like say the conversation that finn and jake have in the punk club um where he's like you know oh we're just trying on different yeah, things it's, it's adaptive, that, you know yeah. that's yeah that that's kind of i enjoyed that but there's a few like say whenever the whole um the thing about uh their competitive nature and how like it's so clever to put it and you know it's just like i didn't need as much of that as there was, it felt kind of like hammering at home a little bit, but at the same time, I like Finn so much that I, you know, I like all their exchanges. That's why, like, sometimes he's just talking shite. So, like... Oh, well, yeah, well, that's the thing as well, is that, like, you're watching it going, like, you know, he's really engaging, and you can, he just, he is that guy that you would be like, oh my god, he's so wise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you actually you just, you'd just be taken, you'd just be like, oh my god, he's so oh, amazing. Ben. He's so smart and, and kind of like mask, you'd mask his bullshit with your own, like. Yeah. Uh, and what's your least favorite thing, Eileen? Um, my least favorite thing about it is probably when they go to Oz. Oh, interesting. Because I just. Not the prison from the HBO show. <laughs> no, no, not that prison. Uh, no, I just kind of felt like everything else about it, like, you know, even even the, like, look of their shitty fucking broken down house, it looks almost exactly as shitty and broken down as, like, the first house I lived in whenever I went to college. Yeah. And just even the way, like, the 
all the guys like acted towards each other and like their attitudes towards you know sex and and schoolwork and whatever like I lived with like mostly guys the whole way through college so I feel that that was all quite you know like not 100% accurate but fairly accurate you know I kind of I saw a lot of the friends that I had in, in college in those characters yeah but when they went to Oz, I just kind of thought, much. I just kind of thought, what the fuck is this? Nowhere I've, I've been to yeah. a lot of crazy fucking parties and um, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. First like, of all, drama people don't have any money. No, first of all, drama <laughs> people don't have any money. Second At least of all, about the money. Like, yeah, like, like, like yeah, it's just, it's, 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 a, it's just a bit pretentious and it's just a bit over the top and I just didn't that was the only part of so it that I didn't really enjoy both of you's issues pretty much when the movie remembers that it is a movie kind of thing that it's yeah, like it has to have yeah, a bit of party it yeah, has yeah. to talk yeah. about whatever my biggest issue is uh, in a way but I realized just watching it yesterday and it comes to like most of like, like his uh, films is the his complete omission of race when most of his films are yeah. set in Texas yeah, it's and the g- fact that this—I mean, this is the '80s, and it does have a, a black character, but it's but never, he's like really token, like uh, no. Yeah, he's, it's never like discussed. It's never—he's just kind well, of the there only the only kind of reference the only kind of reference they ever made to it is whenever they're going to the country and western club, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not sure about this," and Roper turns around and goes, "What the Charlie Bright are you talking about?" That's yeah, kind yeah. Of, and then it's like sort of like that that all that happens. And not that there will be like a huge issue kind of thing about it, but no, at the same it's, time, it's just yeah. he's it's completely... very white. Yeah, <laughs> it's the easiest way of explaining that. Really, like yeah, he is a very white. Yeah, man. but like he's literally the only like there's a, a couple of, uh, black girls in the disco club as well, but they don't get too much screen time either. Yeah. It's just that it's completely omitted from, but it's not only this movie. Like I don't remember literally in like a movie that like the the. It's just something he's never tackled. Yeah, like, but like not even obliquely, like yeah, yeah, acknowledged, and it felt a bit weird, especially when it's like athletics yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. In yeah, yeah, especially in that time as well. Yeah, it's it's. Mm. It, it doesn't like it dampened the, the enjoyment a little bit when I noticed it. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, well, I'd never noticed that because I'm an asshole. But <laughs> no, but at the same but time, no, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. it's the uh, like if because you forget that it's set in Texas. Is it because well, they I don't didn't. Go to be honest, I didn't even know it was set in Texas. That's I don't know. never. I don't even think, stated. It's that, just in is the it synopsis. Stated because no. I well, I it is. Yeah, yeah. Because of the name of the college. Yeah. Okay, it's well, like okay. Dallas. No, it's where Austin something. Uh, no, University. it's a small college town. It's not a city. They yeah, but they say that about going to Austin or some shit. Okay, uh, well, yeah. well, I either didn't hear that or if I did, I ignored it. So oh, it's pretty subtle. Like it's. Not, I was no, yeah. and it not looks like Dylan. Come on, even Becky is there. She <laughs> stay with Luke. Yeah, but anywhere that's like moderately nice and has a little watering hole kind of looks like Dylan's. Out. Yeah, then I, but every time that I see like a fucking uh, people like in the. Uh, dinghies or whatever, like they are in the lake in Texas. I'm like, there's snakes and fucking rivers in Texas. <laughs> that looked so fun. Oh, though. it looked great. We were watching that yesterday, just like, I want to do that. Do you know what's funny about that? Whenever, but they're so uncomfortable. Your butt is in the water, but the rest of you is not. They're really big. Your arse doesn't have to actually touch the water. It's because I'm so skinny that I just oh, well, go through yeah, the fucking dinghy. Go. Your bum's not big enough. Right, uh, Orla, where can they find this? 
They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can email us at therecommendationgame at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud on Mondays at 11 till 12 on Dublin Digital Radio. Uh, it's your pick. What's next week's film? In Cold Blood. Ooh. I was Ricardo Deacon. I'm Eileen Gill. Oh, do you have a good fucking laugh with that? <laughs> I try to hide the accent the whole way through, but it seeps. It seeps out of my pores. I can't help it. I was Orla McNeilis. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>